Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan? Yes. You know, you know that the last thing I want to do on this show is toot my own horn. I leave my horn for others to toot. Yes, far far be it for for yes. That is, you've you've never you've never self tooted as far as I know. <laughs> well, it depends if I've had a big juicy plate of beans. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you went you went fart instead of jack off. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> Boy, you're really well, growing up, Jesse. Either way, Jordan. Either way. Right before our very eyes, just like Frankie Munez grew up before our eyes on Malcolm in the Middle. (laughs) So uh, here's the deal. We're recording this week from our respective homes, and uh, uh, I don't have a great recording setup here in my home uh, in Mount Washington, Los Angeles, Uh, but it's okay. You know, I got a good microphone. But there was one weakness I realized when I came down to my office uh, to record. And that was, as we record this, there is a rainstorm here in Los Angeles. There is... Plus you're being dis- distracted by your uh, 2020 Girls of Hooters calendar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How am I supposed to do the podcast with those yabos staring back at me? All I want is wings. <laughs> oh, you have a calendar of the food? Yeah, isn't that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned you like the chicken at the uh, over there at the uh, over there at the uh, what's it called again? Hooters, right? <laughs> Hooters, yes. <laughs> Damn it! Keep the name of the restaurant straight so we can do the bit. <laughs> so anyway, this is how why I'm this is why I'm the real hero. I went... Just pause. I think that's just a really funny idea. A person who has a Hooters calendar of just the food. (laughs) Hooters should do that. April is mozzarella sticks month. (laughs) Ooh la la. Get a load of the pulled pork. I haven't ever eaten it, Hooters. I hope she uh, comes with a choice of side. (laughs) I haven't ever ever eaten it, Hooters, but I think it's because I don't take enough business trips. If I was taking more right. business, like that is really when you're going to go eat at Hooters is when someone you're uncomfortable with, uh, a dude you work with but are uncomfortable with suggests it. And you are don't want to say no because you're right, afraid because of you fear him. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, man, the man that suggests Hooters for lunch is unpredictable. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, if I feel like I would, I would go. I did fly on the airline a few times. Uh, but that was more of a hobby thing. I just like to fly on every airline. Sure, yeah, you have, you have that air, airline bingo card. So my office is on the basement floor of my home, and immediately outside the window uh, in my garden is a downspout that that comes off of the roof and straight down onto the patio tiles. And it is like, it, it sounds like, you know how when you watch, you know, that movie where Orson Welles is making War of the Worlds or whatever, and they're shaking those giant sheets of metal to create thunder sounds. Sure, yeah. That's basically what what was going on immediately outside the single-pane 1920s window uh, here in my office. It was was the loudest noise you can possibly imagine. Uh, I got here. We had about two minutes before we were going to record. I panicked. I grabbed a dog blanket 
you know, like a polyester fleece blanket. I think I bought it, you know, for, for a quarter at a garage sale or something that was inside my dog's crate, ran outside in uh, a t-shirt and my uh, slippers, not even rubber-soled slippers, into this rainstorm around the back of my house and threw it into the area where the water was falling on the patio tiles. It significantly dampened the noise. That's great. What a what a what a madcap adventure. Jordan, you don't even know. You got slightly damp, you ruined a blanket. <laughs> Jordan, what have you done for America today? Oh, jack shit, my friend. I've been looking out for US this guy. You've been thinking about getting that new Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh man, no fucking way. <laughs> sorry to <laughs> sorry to alienate 90% of our listeners and I'm glad everyone is having fun with Animal Crossing, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's I do not want to play that. Man, I had uh I'm glad everyone is getting pans from a squirrel <laughs> and giving pies to the mayor of a fish city. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm happy for everyone. Oh, man. Jordan, I haven't played Animal Crossing in a long time, but uh, my senior year of college when I shared a house in the Santa Cruz Beach Flats with our mutual friend Nathaniel, uh, and Nathaniel is uh, is now works in the video game industry, is a powerful video game nerd of the highest order. Uh, he just brought that home one day because uh, his girlfriend was really into it. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this game where you just gather different fruits. Jordan, you have no fucking clue how many fruits I gathered on Nathaniel's oh, game. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I know, I, know what, I know what kind of video game you like. Sounds like that is right up your alley. Oh, my God. All I did was write letters to friends. Oh, sure. <laughs> so much <laughs> epistolary content in that game. <laughs> so many letters to friends, like a 19th century novel. I feel like, uh, you know, culture has left me behind because I'm a man who enjoys uh, rock music and video games with combat. <laughs> these are both these are both wrong opinions, apparently. I have just been. Uh, is there anywhere is there anywhere in this society for a man who likes rock music and video games with combat? Right now, my daughter is doing uh, distance learning. From her school, mm-hmm. uh, which means that she sits at, at a computer here in my office, and I have to try and convince her to pay attention to her teacher uh, some miles away uh, as her teacher talks about something. And because I have to stay in here to keep her on target, I realized I, I can't just work all day. You know what I mean? So I I started a new team in Baseball Mogul. That's my video game okay. where you have your own baseball team and you trade the guys but you don't actually play baseball games is this a is this a, this is like something you play in like a browser window uh no it's a, it's a standalone app it has not changed at okay. all since i started playing it when uh, probably my sophomore year of college <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is it has the graphics of like basically ski free for windows 3.1 Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That is, it is basically a Windows 3.1 game. That is, so it's a game you can play while also minding a child. Yeah, exactly. And it is a game where nothing is timely. Uh, you can just play six months of games or no months of games. And I've really been bonding with Ben Partridge from Beef and Dairy Network. Uh, because he does the same thing all day uh, when he's supposed to be writing jokes for radio shows, which is his main job. Uh, but he does it with a thing called Soccer Manager. 
football manager, mm. they call it there. Football sure, manager. Sure. You get really invo- emotionally invested in uh, imaginary sportsmen. It sounds like uh, these, both these games sound like they could use a little combat. <laughs> some, some, some twitchy, fast combat, right? Some, Wouldn't that make it more fun some, if you were doing something? Some combat, some rock music. Yeah. I, I played a lot of, uh, I beat the video game Lara Croft Tomb Raider number three mm-hmm. of the current Lara Croft Tomb Raiders. I don't remember what it's called. Rise of the Tomb Raider yes. or Shadow of the Tomb Raider or something like that. Uh, I, I played a lot of this, and I'll tell you what. Um, for a archaeologist, which is what her job is, she really loves two different things. Uh, one is murdering, and one is jumping. Sure, yeah, these are the these are the the, the two the, the two things they teach you in archaeology school <laughs> before they teach you how to. Um, to to dust uh, particles off of a gem <laughs> with a tiny brush, first you have to learn how to uh, kill with a headshot, yeah, <laughs> and to and to jump onto a sheer ledge and grab onto it with you one hand. Rub mud onto your face so you blend into muddy walls. That's a key skill yeah. in the game. <laughs> I think that's one of those things you don't you don't get that till till you're working on your uh, doctoral dissertation. <laughs> Should we introduce our guest, Jordan? I would love to. Our guest on the program, uh, coming all coming to us all the way from his home in Eagle Rock, California, uh, is one of the hosts of The Flop House, a celebrated television comedy writer and a good friend of ours, Mr. Elliot Kalin. Hi, Elliot. Oh, hi, Jesse. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for uh, uh, inviting me into uh, your show, Ten and a Half Minutes In. <laughs> That's how our show works, Elliot. <laughs> I had to do that golden Lara Croft material. <laughs> I just—I mean, I've been on your show before. I've listened to it many times. I never cease to find it amusing that I can just imagine the guest sitting there while you guys do the beginning of the show. And it's not like on a regular, uh, on a television talk show, there's like a green room where that's very nice where the guest is sitting and like enjoying themselves. Maybe they're watching the beginning of the show. Maybe they are. Uh, Elliot, did you get the edible arrangement we sent over? <laughs> um, I got an arrangement. I don't know if I'd call it edible. <laughs> you can eat pennies. <laughs> Technically, yes. Yeah. But they're just going to come right out. You're not going to digest them. Eat the pennies, Elliot. <laughs> I, I sent over the pennies. Eat them. All right. Okay. I'm having one now. It's delicious. <laughs> Thank sure. you. Even if you're lying, that made me feel better. <laughs> Elliot, I don't know why you're complaining about our green room. It's literally your house. <laughs> yeah, I've been here all day for the past week and a half. That's why that's why I'm complaining about it. Guys, this is this is kind of a fun this this opens up a fun new uh well of of humor for us uh, mm-hmm. doing home records because mm-hmm. you get that classic home podcast or you, you there's the the opportunity to have that classic home podcast uh child or pet drop in oh, whose yeah. child or pet will be the first to interrupt the show. This is a real thrill ride. Listeners, place your bets now. Which child or pet will interrupt first? Have you you guys have seen that movie House of the Devil, right? Of course, thousands of uh, times. I have not seen House. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, gr- you know what? I have seen House of the Devil. It's a great movie. Most it's very scary, and most of it is just watching a woman wander through a house 
And with that, with just exploring the rooms, and I feel like this is kind of like the podcast version of that, because at any moment, the tension is so high, because you're waiting for something to happen, and you know it's going to. But in this case, it's waiting for something else to happen. Now, both my children uh, are going to bed now, so it seems unlikely that they'll come in, but you never know. These things can happen. Stay tuned, folks. My daughter has been pressing me really hard to get her SimCity. Uh our mutual mm. friend Sin City the, the movie or the comic the Frank Miller comic or the Robert Rodriguez <laughs> film Sin City because <laughs> neither are appropriate yeah uh, high, sc- high school's a good high school's a good age to discover Frank Miller I oh think. yeah I think I think that's the best age because by the time you're in, into college you're like mm, this guy is not the greatest thinker yeah you get into him in high school and then in college you realize that he has uh, reprehensible beliefs <laughs> <laughs> and they are totally made up for by his mastery of the page his mastery of panel pacing but sure, you know absolutely. In, in a greater or lesser degree but so sim city is this the city simulation game the city about? simulation game I, we we went today for a social distancing walk with our friend Benjamin Harrison uh, from mm-hmm. Greatest Generation and former ben, president Benjamin Harrison, yes, yeah, and <laughs> Ben is the only he's person... the one who uh, died after thirty days, right? 30 no, days in that office? was his grandfather, William Henry Harrison. Oh yeah, Billiam Henry Harrison, Bill, <laughs> as they called him at the time, Billiam Hank Harrison, <laughs> right? And then after he died, they said, "Show him some respect. Call him by his real, his full, his full Christian name, William Henry right. Harrison." But uh, I, I already made this this gravestone. It says Billy Hanks on it. <laughs> Now, I believe Ben Harrison is a descendant of the Harrison presidents. Is that true, or did I make that up? It seems like he probably is, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He has a, pre- a sort of presidential bearing. But anyway, yeah, you were looks, saying. Looks good with mutton chops. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, but- no. <laughs> you're getting your presidents all mixed up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Was he not a mutton chop president? No. We're going to get of- so many Twitter corrections from Elliot after this show. <laughs> You're thinking of Chester A. Arthur. Uh, William Henry Harrison was clean-shaven. Benjamin mm. Harrison had a beard. Really? Boy, you know, I just, I think I, you know, as a man who is, you know, not super interested in uh, presidents, <laughs> I regard every president. I see, it, whenever someone mentions a president before Jimmy Carter, I imagine mutton chops connected to a mustache. Yeah, why do you think people liked Ike so much? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, his big bushy mustache and uh, and and sideburns. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want, that's like if it, I imagine people are like, oh, remember back in the Obama days, and you're like, oh, mutton chops. Yep, how could I forget? <laughs> Every time somebody talks about Franklin Roosevelt, you know, like in the Great Depression or World War II or whatever, I think I have a perfect picture of what he looked like in my mind, and then I realize that's just Gary Cooper as Lou Gehrig in Pride of the Yankees. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna imagine anybody, why not? He's a good looking guy. So anyway, Ben Harrison, we were doing this uh, we we're doing this walk, you know, where everybody's six feet away from each other, walking through Elysian Park in Los Angeles, trying to trying to uh, keep keep our health up, uh, tire our children out, and <laughs> um, I would say with the possible with the possible exception of one Elliot Kalin, there's there's no man in the world who grace respects more than ben harrison uh mm-hmm. certainly not me uh <laughs> the reason is that uh ben harrison is a filmmaker and Gra- gracie aspires to be a filmmaker and uh so she'll just pump him for information about his she also loves uh cocktail minutia <laughs> yeah <laughs> so those two things <laughs> she really is really obsessed with the idea of alcohol i think because Teresa drinks sometimes, and I don't drink, and she's really trying to figure out 
whether alcohol is bad or not uh, on that basis. Oh, also because she reads Tintins and, the, you know, the Captain Captain Haddock is always drunk. Mm-hmm, sure. And yeah, classic. She's really trying to trying to figure that out. So anyway, Ben Harrison, the who who basically is like, you know, this is like, uh, you remember, like, this is like Tom Hanks or like, I don't know who is the most universally respected American, but. Yeah, probably uh, Tom Hanks. Some, I've, I've said many times that uh, the greatest honor that uh, America can bestow on someone is for Tom Hanks to play them in a movie. Yeah. And the, uh, just as the greatest dishonor for some time was for Al Pacino to play you in a made for HBO movie. It was just a sign that you were, <laughs> you were someone that people did not like at all. And if, but if Tom right. Hanks played you, it was like, oh, this man is on the level of a saint sure so now uh ben harrison that was the, the devil felt really bad when he learned that Al was <laughs> he was like oh no <laughs> oh boy don't be honest honey do i have an image problem <laughs> because maybe maybe they see me as like a serpico type oh what am i saying <laughs> i thought at least john voight would play me <laughs> Then it's kind of a gray area. Why did I let my hairdresser talk me into this bouffant? Because <laughs> that's the only reason Al Pacino gets interested in these characters, is their crazy hair. Yeah. Right. So anyway. And he's talking with this, he's talking with his hands throughout that whole movie. Do I do that? Do I talk with my hands? I mean, the last thing I do is raise the volume of my voice suddenly. <laughs> Randomly. Oh. And then say the last part of the sentence fast. <laughs> Honey, he's doing a perfect impression of you. That's exactly what you're like. And I love you anyway, but you have to you have to realize that's you. That's the devil's wife. The devil's wife is very understanding. Yeah, the thing that I've learned the most from this conversation is not that Jordan has an impressively credible Al Pacino impression. <laughs> it's that it, honestly better than I thought it was gonna be, too. It's that apparently the devil has a Mrs. Claus type figure. <laughs> yeah, she's really nice. Yeah, yeah, Lady Scratch. She's mm-hmm. uh, you know. What, now I I feel like Jordan, if you can figure out a way to write a novel called The Devil's Wife that is both a little scary but mostly heartwarming and a little mm-hmm. funny, I think you would be a billionaire right now. Uh guys, you can take it from here. I've got a book to write. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got a billion to air. Chapter one. They call me the devil's wife. Maybe that's because I am. <laughs> How'd I get in this situation? I wondered Let me why tell they you. called me that, but then I realized it was because I had married the devil. <laughs> Chapter two. <laughs> so you were walking with Benjamin Harrison. And yes. Benjamin Harrison brought up the video game SimCity. Now, I love SimCity, and we started talking about SimCity. Now my daughter is obsessed with SimCity, and I'm trying to figure out I am now responsible for delivering SimCity to my child, whose brain has locked into it, you know, like the like the jaws of a fighting dog, onto the the leg of a <laughs> robber who forgot to bring a juicy steak. She she does not let things go, uh, as you know, Jesse. Uh, recently, uh, my family and yours spent some time together, and uh, and your daughter. Uh, said, I'm going to make a Spider-Ham comic, but I don't know how to draw Spider-Ham. Can you draw him for me? And I said, sure. And I didn't realize this meant I would be drawing every single panel of a (laughs) Spider-Ham comic. And I still owe her 20 to 30 Spider-Hams. And I know when I see her next, she's going to bring it up. You know what? I got to hand it to you, Elliot. You draw a pretty good Spider-Ham. Thank you. 
Thank you. Well, it's one of the few things I can draw because I love Spider-Man and I love talking animals. And that is a pretty deep cut Marvel character for your daughter to know about. Where did she learn about Spider-Ham? Oh, she she saw uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that's right. He, he used Spider-Man to be a deep, much there. like Rocket Raccoon, he used to be a deep cut. Yeah, now he's now he's on the A-list. Yeah. And the fact that I wrote a Spider-Ham story that went unpublished years ago means nothing now, but if it had been published, I could be like, yeah, I was involved with that character back when before he was famous. <laughs> uh, and people would invite me to fancy parties. Yeah, there are, there are some... There are some characters that she's learned about through film and television. She hasn't really read any superhero comics yet. Uh, There's some characters, and then there are some that I just think it's important for her to learn about. So, you know, especially now that she's she's going to school from home, uh, we try and do about half an hour of Firestorm, the nuclear man stuff, each morning. Right, And right. then wow, before okay. bed, I, yeah. I tell her tales of Mr. Mitsopitalik. <laughs> really fundamental characters. Yeah, <laughs> nothing but the best. And of course, when old Unka Jordan's over, uh, it's Booster Gold time, baby. Yes, I I bounce her on my knee and tell her tales of Vandal Savage, the caveman who lived forever. Now, both Mar- Marvel and DC have. I don't know if you knew Jesse. I'm not doing Booster Gold stuff anymore. I'm doing yeah, Vandal yeah. Savage I mean, you went. You, Wait, you I knew you booster- were doing. Hold on, Elliot. <laughs> I knew you were doing. I'm not afraid to tell you to can it, Elliot. I'm no Dan McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan, I knew you were doing Vandal Savage material uh, instead of Booster Gold material. All right, well, don't set me up for the other stuff then. But I don't, I don't think I realized that Vandal Savage was a caveman who lives forever. That's his whole thing. He's a caveman who lives forever. Holy cow! Why didn't they call him, you know, <laughs> Unkillable Caveman or whatever? Doesn't really roll off the tongue. What does he vandalize? Savage things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like he'll 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 tag a, a a lion. Oh wow! Yeah, he just sprays his tag all over like big animals, heart, dangerous animals. He tried to tag a shark, but the water just you know washes it off. Oh. Elliot, how much of how much of how much of like our our pop culture, the pop culture of guys our age, does do your kids know about? Uh, I run, because they're my kids. They know much more about the pop culture of men. 70 years older than us. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I guess up until Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Spy- Peter Porker Spider-Ham would have been like a reference for a 70s hipster. Yeah, or uh, well, like an 80s hipster. 80s, but, but like uh, he, knows, he knows a fair amount about like the Marx Brothers, and okay. uh, he knows somewhat about Star Wars, you know? Actually, he knows a fair amount about Star Wars. We talk about Star Wars a lot, especially since uh, my uh, 19-month-old has become obsessed with the Imperial March, which, or as he calls it, Vader Song. Uh, and it started yeah with they, me. that song here comes darth vader <laughs> here he comes here he comes here he comes who's that guy it's darth vader i believe the title on the disco 12 inch was love theme from darth vader <laughs> right. and uh he's uh but he so he so we hear that a lot so he knows he knows some of that stuff he knows and he knows uh marvel stuff he doesn't know too much dc because i'm a marvel zombie my house is a Marvel house, and that's what I want to say is that I forgot about Vandal Savage and that DC and Marvel both have villains who are cavemen who lived forever and became super smart. Oh, yeah, that was sure. That's uh, With yeah, Marvel's that's being the, the master of the world. That's a uh, Hawkeye, Green Arrow, Deadpool, mm-hmm. Deathstroke sort yeah, of swamp, thing. Swamp Thing, Man Thing. Oh, uh, yeah, Swamp Thing, Man Thing. Spider-Man, Man Spider. Uh, the baseball player Bobby Jones and his teammate Bobby J. Jones. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a lawsuit there. (laughs) Who will be the Uh, first one to make a Bobby Jones movie? (laughs) So, so so which, so are you going to get SimCity or what? So, but here's the thing. So I don't think there's a SimCity that's good on regular computers now. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you know exactly what the right SimCity is, it's too late. Uh, this is coming. If even if this comes out tomorrow morning, <laughs> it's too late. We're dead. <laughs> I will have to have had to address this by the end of the night tonight. Uh, figure out which SimCity I'm, I'm going to get my daughter, or else I will be. So if you were, if you were, Will Wright himself, the designer of the original SimCity game, do not bother. Do not get in touch with Jesse. No, sorry, Will Wright, not interested. <laughs> go go work on your reboot of Sim Life. But if you're Doug Wright, the creator of Sim Ant, why have you not responded to my letters? <laughs> was that like a Gallagher, Gallagher 2 situation you're positing here, Jordan? Oh, I don't know. That was my, I, I will say that was my, that was my Sim of choice, was Sim Ant growing up. I never played Sim Ant. That was fun, yeah. You, you know, you had to, had to protect the queen. Uh, you could get brown food pellets and give them to her. Um, yeah, fun for everybody. Fun for the whole family. I mean, sounds amazing. Simant was a really good game to play on a Mac Classic or a Mac SE in the computer lab. Yeah, I, I, I mm-hmm. guess I, I mean, obviously, like, you know, the, 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 the pop culture of our, you know, of our, of our youth is like constantly being rebooted. But I don't think I know what the most recent SimCity is. I'm sure it's, it strikes me as a game that probably has a new edition that comes out every four years. But, um... Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what the what the hottest sim is. I tried to figure it out once because uh, I wanted to play SimCity on airplanes. It's like my dream airplane game is just sit there and play SimCity for hours on end. And uh, I, I there was a there was like a giant reboot of SimCity maybe like seven or eight years ago. But it was one of those games that, like, requires you to always be connected to the internet and stuff. Ah, uh, uh, sure, sure, sure. And so mm. uh, people hated it. They were really mad about it. They're like, there's no reason that you should need to be connected to the internet to play this game. And also, it doesn't work on airplanes for that reason. So I, I think I ended up doing some kind of complicated thing where I, like, uh, downloaded an ancient version of you know SimCity three or SimCity two thousand or something, and like figured out how to make it work on my computer. But I think that's too complicated for my kid's computer, so it's really back to the drawing board. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do, hey, guys. I I I give up. I'm just gonna go sit in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna go write that Devil's Night <laughs> wife novel. Podcast is canceled. <laughs> All right, I guess I, I guess it's just my show from this point on. I don't know. Uh, hey, welcome to Elliot Elliot Go, the show where Elliot talks to Elliot about you know whatever's on Elliot's mind. So, Elliot, what are you thinking about these days? Well, I got I kind of have the same thing on my mind that every one in America has, which is like, what will be the ongoing legacy of Basil Wolverton? Because like his work, I finished so the, unique, I finished the novel. And yet, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm also, back. what uh, what? So how did it go? How many pages is it? <laughs> 400. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's great. Yeah, 400 on the nose. <laughs> so, uh, hey, welcome to uh, Elliot Jordan Go, where Elliot and Jordan talk about what's on their minds. So, uh, Jordan, where, where, what are you gonna, what's your plan for this novel right now? Are you going to tweet it out? Are you going to self-publish or send it to the gatekeepers? 
and see uh, if they if they deem it readable. Well, I'm so sick of those snobby gatekeepers. <laughs> Jesse, you're in the shower. <laughs> no, I'm back. I'm back from oh, the okay. shower, and I'm thinking about those snobby gate, gatekeepers yeah. as depicted yeah. in the film Little Women. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to take yeah. it to a to a, to an old man with mutton chops. That's right, one of the U.S. presidents, sort of Tracy Letts type, and, and he's going to tell me that uh, it has to have a wedding at the end, or no one will buy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess so. I guess if they want a wedding at the end, the devil's wife is going to have to leave the devil at some point and then get remarried. To I mean, does she marry God at the end, setting you up for the sequel? Oh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Because I realized recently that uh, when people date celebrities or are celebrities, they have very strange dating histories, and suddenly someone will have been with all of these people that you would never expect to date the same person. So if this woman is dating the devil, God, uh, whoever rules over limbo, I assume that the party master, because uh, <laughs> yes, it's America's party favorite master. party game. Right. Because <laughs> limbo is America's favorite party game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I think you've got a trilogy right here. Right. And uh, sure, we found out in college she had slept with the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's another episode of uh, Jordan Elliott Go, uh, the podcast that'll have you saying, Jordan Elliott, go. Get out of here. To the microphones and record another episode of this great <laughs> podcast that we love. Uh, Elliot, you're not a big uh, you're not a big video game guy, right? Uh, no, I used to be when I was like a teenager. And at a certain point. I just lost the taste. I don't know what I think. Partly the games got too complicated. Sure. Uh, and also, I just didn't have the time for a while. I didn't have the money to throw away on video games. Uh, I instead was uh, buying uh, hot dogs and <laughs> when your hot dog would... addiction uh, kicked in. <laughs> well, there was a period that I call my uh, that I call my tighten the belt period, mm. where uh, when I was a young man just out of college, when I was eating mainly. Just hot dogs and with no buns and boiled spaghetti with no sauce on it because I had to make ends meet. Together? And, um, Were you like chopping the... up the hot dogs and putting them into the dry noodles? No, that would cost too much. I was okay. eating <laughs> at different times. And every now and then I would splurge on, you know, Popeyes, of course, which would be like sure, a luxury dinner for me. But uh, and at that, I just kind of like just lost a real interest in video games and I never quite got into it. Like around the time. Like you mentioned uh, Tomb Raider earlier, Jesse. Around the time Tomb Raider came out, I was like, oh, I should try that game sometime. And then it's like I turned around, and when I turned back, Tomb Raider 5 was out. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I missed the boat on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't you can't come in at 5. You're going to be lost. Yeah. I think around the time when it became standard for you to have a second joystick that would control the camera, I I was like, these games are – I can't coordinate my fingers in this way. If I could, I would play guitar. Yeah, I feel like you hear that a lot is that's when that's when video games left a lot of people behind is when you needed to – something controls your guy and then something controls the camera. I think that was – yes. like, it, it's a weird concept. So yeah, I, I can see how that like that, – that would make so many people say fuck it. It's like I don't know anyone who's in a movie and is also the cameraman at the same time except for certain types of pornography, I guess. And I don't need to play games that are like that. What what types that, Elliot? Uh, it's called POV. <laughs> oh, interesting. So like in my so like in my novel, the POV is going to be from the POV of the Devil's Wife. Uh-huh, is yes. Is it like that? Uh, uh, somewhat, I guess. It's Yeah, it's like where she's holding the phone. Right. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a that's a kind of it's a kind of uh, online video that I find hilarious because I it's hard for me not to imagine the guy having to either hold like a phone or a DV cam or an old school video like camcorder uh, while going through the the motions of this already difficult and complicated act that we call human love. So 
<laughs> so I really feel for that. Would you call yeah. it that? I I maybe assume that when you're when you're doing that sort of pornography, you have some sort of head mount. Uh, if you're doing it right, oh, really? like a. <laughs> Like a go, like a go, like yes, like a GoPro. Oh, that makes sense. Well, then you have to think about the uh, the partner who is taking part in this while the person that they are again enacting physical love with looks ridiculous. Yeah, they have to make the uh, sex face at someone who has a GoPro on their head. <laughs> I mean, that's what separates the amateurs from the professionals is the ability to pull that off. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine the GoPro isn't there? Well, it's like it's like when stand ups get talk shows and some of them can read teleprompters and some of them can't. Yeah, sure. I think I think they. They can't have a head-mounted camera because that's where they put one of those mountaineering lamps. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, to make sure the lighting is good. Yeah, you, gotta, <laughs> you only watch you cave watch POV porn, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vandal Savage type stuff. What, do you guys watch non-cave <laughs> pornography? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I would say that maybe only a... a Ten percent of the pornography I watch <laughs> takes place in a cave. Yeah, I think most most that I experience takes place in a room of some kind. Oh, what's what's great about what's great about the cave stuff is they really take advantage of the sort of topography <laughs> of the walls. You know, you think of the walls as being flat, mm-hmm. right? Sure. It's, sure. it's what that ty- what that genre of pornography has in common with the ancient. Uh, with the ancient paintings depicted in the Werner Herzog movie, <laughs> Cave of Forgotten mm, Dreams. Right, yes, sure. It's interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of those handprints on the walls are from people who were facing away from their partners at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and were just quit putting their palms flat against the wall to stabilize. Getting railed. I would, the thing with this... The thing with the thing with the, the thing with the cave pornography uh, for me is that I always get distracted because I always just you know I lose I lose the the thread of the erotic fantasy and I just start thinking about what's the difference between stalactites and stalagmites. <laughs> well, here's here's the difference. Okay. Okay. Stalag stalactites mm-hmm. are. Oh, they're so tight. Tight and nasty. And those nasty tights. Those <laughs> nasty outcroppings. <laughs> and and stalagmites might be having kind of personal difficulties that leak into the world of the video and kind of make it harder to watch. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. That's a fun mnemonic. <laughs> what a handy mnemonic. The only thing, uh, the only thing I don't like about them is you know sometimes you're watching them, especially the amateur homemade ones, and then while the action is taking place, a wolf walks through the frame. You know. And you're like a wolf? I think you're. Uh, are you watching Michael Mann's Collateral? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, this, is this still is this still coyotes. amateur cave yeah, stuff? This is, cave. this is an amateur amateur yeah, cave caves, video. Wolves live oh, okay. in caves. <laughs> I think. Do they? Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> no, I don't think they live in. <laughs> they caves. do in Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, you got you got me there. So is she raiding tombs or caves? She's raiding, well, a lot of the tombs are in caves. It's one of the top places to keep tombs. Okay, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, some are underwater. You know, at the, at the end of the day, what they all have in common is uh, puzzles where you can't figure out what the rules are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's mist. what ancient, sure. ancient civilizations were really big on, not really making it clear which parts of the scene you could interact with and which parts were basically window dressing. <laughs> Hey, here, here's here's what you there's you, here's the third thing you learn in archaeology school. First thing, how to kill with a headshot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, second thing, how to uh, how to how to jump at a sheer wall and then grab onto a ledge with one hand. Three, if you're having trouble with a puzzle, just walk up to everything and push X. Yeah. <laughs> 
maybe it'll do something. If it does something, it's probably part of the puzzle. <laughs> Man, you know, I feel like uh, I, I feel like uh, PhDs in archaeology have really been devalued since. Uh, some of those PhD candidates got hip to gamefacts.com. <laughs> right. Yeah, they just watched the walkthrough on YouTube. Yeah. In my day in grad school, we had to get, we actually actually go get the book of tips, tricks, hints, and codes. <laughs> right. You had to go into Barnes and Noble. If they didn't have it, you had to special order it and they wrap it in plastic so you don't just read it there to learn how to beat the one guy you need to beat no, and you then gotta go pay home. the full twelve ninety five. You gotta. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne. America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Elliot Kalin, last sane man in a world gone mad. <laughs> really? Is that, what is does that, that your, say about that, us? Uh, no, you guys are both mad also. You're both insane. Yeah, oh, yeah. This podcast is, hap- is happening in my head <laughs> as I'm dying on the operating table. Oh, uh, yeah. Really sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I mean, that sounds like that sounds like a like a shock jock intro. Elliot, do you do you consider yourself something of a podcast shock jock? Yeah. I mean, I, I, only in that I tell it like it is and I don't care whose toes I step on. Right. Uh, but also that, you know, some of my opinions, they aren't necessarily PC. And by that, I mean, <laughs> personal computer, because my opinion, right. <laughs> my opinions are Mac. Thank you very much. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, just that like I'm there to I'm there to create controversy. You know, I'm there to like shake people out of their complacency. Stir the pot. Stir the pot. And occasionally do donut ads. That's an ad, of course, where there's a pre-recorded top. Then I come in in the middle and say, give like a personal thing, and then there's a pre-recorded back, and then it's back to the show. So I, yeah, I guess I am kind of a shock jock. I prefer to think of myself as a stock jock uh, because so much mm-hmm. of my show is about boiling chicken bones uh, for the delicious right. chicken stock that it creates. Throw some celery in there, onions, uh, carrots, all sorts of things. The only problem is, but some of your opinions on chicken stock are kind of unpopular these days. I mean, in our you know PC snowflake. <laughs> Exactly. People, is that is that right? You've been chastised for some of your stock opinions. People are a little <laughs> easily triggered uh, by my opinion that it is a waste of chicken carcasses to make stock out of them when you can give them to me and I can just pick them clean of of meat and then bite the bones open and suck the marrow out as I prefer to do. Whoa! You can't say that. Whoa. Hey man! Hey man! Nobody tells me what I can and can't say. It's called the First Amendment, buddy. Look into it. Uh, this is my safe space, Jordan. You've never heard Elliot say this before. This is one of his stock stock takes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm writing to the ACLU about this. Oh, oh, I'm fainting. Did I get a reaction out of you? Good. That's my job, man. If you were bored, wow. I'd be fired. Okay, next caller. Uh, bring up, bring on this moron. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I, uh, when I was a kid, uh, maybe like, let's say age nine to 14, something like that. Uh, I listened really regularly to the local sports talk radio station uh, in San Francisco, KNBR 68, the sports leader. And there was this guy who came on at night. So, like, this was pretty early in the days of sports talk when, when the takes were not that hot and the opinions were surprisingly reasonable and the people were pretty friendly. But then there was this guy who came on. This this was when it was still Mike and the Reasonable Dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good local New York reference. <laughs> Mike and the Emotionally Balanced Dog. <laughs> New York New York superstars. Okay, you're saying I'm Neutral Sam here with my sidekick Johnny Both Sides. He considers Uh-oh. both sides of every argument. 
Watch <laughs> out. We got another visit from the Agreeinator. We got a call from one of our favorite callers in Martinez. It's Tip Tepid Timmy. Tepid Timmy, you're on the air. Hi, guys. You're doing a great show. That's <laughs> I th- all. I think both sides have valid takes. <laughs> So there were two. There were two. There were two important things that happened. A tepid Timmy reminded me of a second thing that I'm going to say first. I hope you guys are following me here. Okay. I'm not. Go ahead. There was a guy named I'm Gary. Lost. There was a guy named Gary Radnich who had a show on KNBR 68, and he just just retired this year. He's in his 70s, I think. And uh, he also hosted the morning and evening, like morning, evening, and late night. TV news on the local TV news station. So he would just be <laughs> driving back and forth between the radio station and the TV station from like 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, Living the dream. S- sleep for four hours and then start again. Yeah. He had a regular caller. Smoke some crank. <laughs> he had a regular caller whose name was Johnny the Gout Man. Johnny the Gout nice. Man. And I still remember the time... That on the air, Gary Radnich asked his producer to look up what gout was. And it's like a very painful medical condition that happens to older people, especially overweight older people. It's like really horribly bad. But this guy was like, it was like, he, you know, he called in. He had a hot take about, you know, J.T. Snow, the first baseman of the Giants at the time. And uh, and they were like, well, what's, what's your handle? And he's like, uh, Johnny... Uh, the Gout Man. So that's Johnny the Gout Man. Oh, yeah. I, that reminds me. I'm Eczema Jordan from now on. <laughs> it's Eczema Jordan. Rub me with creams. <laughs> that's my catchphrase is rub me with creams. <laughs> right. There was, a, there was a guy who came in late nights on KNBR. He might have been a syndicated host, but uh, I, I think he at least started as a local host on KNBR. <laughs> And his name was Pharrell, and I don't know if he's st- still in uh, still in sports talk, but he he was like in this realm of like genial old timey radio hosts that were almost all, all of the people that hosted the shows. He just came in and he he talked like this, Pharrell, <laughs> and then whenever someone would call in, he'd go. Pour him a cold one. And then they would play a sound effect of a beer being poured out of a out of a spout in a bar. Like a you know, like a like a glass really. And then he'd go, uh, what's your take? I was like, dude, fuck you. That was my opinion about that guy. Oh, I think he sounds like a pretty cool dude. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't it was understand. too much for me. I mean, if he's pouring me a cold one and rubbing me with creams. <laughs> He's okay with me, as long as he also rubs me with creams. When something momentous happens to you, like you finally get Pharrell to rub you with creams, uh, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or record a voice memo and email it to us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. In fact, that's probably better. So just do that. It's easier and better. JJ, go at MaximumFun.org. Uh, some of these momentous occasions, by the way, uh, took place before the world changed. Uh, so if you're wondering why they don't acknowledge uh, the new world in which we live, uh, that's why. But you know what? That's also sort of why we chose them. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, going in a fun mm, time machine. Mm. 
Uh, Brian, uh, go ahead and press play. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. I'm assuming, I don't know, Karen Kilgariff. Um, calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, I just got done with my vasectomy. I've uh, got a nurse here, Nurse Amy. Say hi, Nurse Amy. Um, and, uh, it is actually my second nut surgery, uh, after a testicular torsion when I was a kid. So 29 years later, we're, we're closing for business. Uh, love you guys. Uh, talk to you later. How many times have you guys had your nuts cut, cope, cut open? No, man, my nuts is, my nuts have been, been intact since 1982. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's when they coalesced. Right. I have questions for him because I, that is an operation that I would like to have done, a, uh, a vasectomy, because I have enough children, and I don't need any more. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm wondering, what I, so can I talk to him now? He's still on the line. Hey, buddy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so what was, where'd you go to get it done, and, ha- and how'd it go? <laughs> Sorry, it's just me, Tepid Timmy. <laughs> oh, Tepid Timmy. <laughs> and me, Exima Jordan. Rub me with creams. <laughs> can I talk to the caller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I, I think you should, yeah. Hi, caller. Please if you're there, do. Uh, first of all, rubbing with creams. <laughs> <laughs> my eczema is really bad. My skin is very cracked and painful. I'll pour you a cold one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pharrell. I love your <laughs> songs in the Despicable Me movies. <laughs> a lot of fun. Big fan of your hat. Yeah, great hat. <laughs> Remember when it had a Twitter account? Oh, man. <laughs> I like it when a, a musician, I'm not a fan of their movie, their music that much, but I do like their hat. It's like, okay, <laughs> he's doing something to appeal to me. He has, a, he has a hat. Jordan, you've just introduced into my idea that through my whole childhood in the 1990s, uh, it was it was a beautiful music celebrity, Pharrell, who was talking about uh, Jason Richardson of the Warriors or whatever, uh, Andrew DeClerc. And, uh, and then, and then at some point, like he just heard a really good Timbaland single or something. And he's like, you know, I bet I could make beats. Well, that's not just the thing about Pharrell is he's a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Musician, hat wearer, lots of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, the thing I just wanted to say to the caller is, um, yeah, just have fun blasting in your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really beautiful. Um, this is a really beautiful time for the two of you. Um, it's your time, um, where you can just, you know, throw caution to the wind and, you know, and blast in your spouse. And I think that's really beautiful. It is really beautiful. <laughs> I don't know that you and your. I don't. I don't mean to. I don't. I don't know if you guys are officially married, and I don't know your situation. Right. Um, <laughs> Blasting in your partner, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. As long as they're blasting responsibly. Yeah, as long as you're as long as you're blasting within. <laughs> doesn't matter what you call yourself. You don't need a piece of paper. You don't need Johnny Law to sign a document. Just blast in them. Anyway, when I had to take my uh, vasectomy class at my HMO, there was a cu- there was a few single dudes in there who were just trying to head things off at the pass. Sure, oh, okay. I see. All right. There was a couple of guys, and there, there was this this nice nurse who who was teaching the class, and she'd be like, "Well, uh, how do you how do you know that this is right for you? It's it's uh, uh, not a reliably reversible procedure." And the guy just go like, "Yeah, man, I just don't want to have any kids, you know." <laughs> I mean, that's hey, fair. Sure. Sounds like a sounds like a guy who knows himself. Even if I had a spouse, I just want to blast him with no consequences. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, I just want to live every dude's dream of not having anyone to remember me after I die. <laughs> I want to be the last of my line, man. <laughs> I just want to, I, look, I hated my parents, and I just want to end the bloodline here. Kind of right. like those nephews of Hitler who agreed that together that they would never have kids, so, so that the bloodline would end with them. Kind of like that. Yeah, my father's fucked up genes end with me. And they're like, they're like, anyway, who's your, who's your dad, Dr. Spock? Oh, really? The, the pediatrician? <laughs> Elliot, the the answer the answer to how it works roughly is uh, uh, you go to a conference room in the basement of the parking garage of Kaiser. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. A nurse a nurse passes out some pamphlets and then walks you and your new best bros through things. <laughs> uh, it is truly the environment outside of. I don't know, maybe like an NA meeting. It is the environment that it most repli- most closely replicates the AA meetings that I went to with my dad as a child. Okay. It's just so- a bunch of grisly dudes. <laughs> So is it anything like once when I was at when I was a production assistant for the Daily Show back in my younger days, uh, they needed me to go for some reason for props for a field piece or something. I needed to go get some pamphlets about uh, living with STDs. And so they <laughs> sent me to an STD clinic in New York just to get pamphlets. And I remember walking in and uh, just seeing this room where a bunch of guys were sitting on folding chairs watching an old TV as they waited for their appointments to, I guess, get tested or treatment. I don't know. But it was like all these guys who looked like they didn't have a lot going on in their lives. In in the middle of the day, they were sitting, waiting very calmly, watching soap operas on an old TV in the waiting room of this clinic. And this uh, nurse came up to me and said, excuse me, do you need an appointment? I said, no. (laughs) And I grabbed a bunch of pamphlets and I ran out of there. (laughs) It has a certain sense of bonhomie in the group. That's why I compare <laughs> okay. it to an AA meeting. And I, you know, uh, obviously women go to AA meetings as well, but my dad would go to vets AA meetings, so they were almost always all men. Uh-huh. Um and at that time. At the, at that time exactly. And uh uh and like there's a sense that like everyone is on the same capture the flag team or something like that. Uh, there's a real conviviality to it. There's also there's also a sense of like uh, of like a true cross section of society that you only get in my in my experience. I've only had it in this class, and then I think arguably when I when I worked for the Department of Elections, supervising polling places. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a real miscellaneous group of uh, your fellow residents of your home city, and then you go in. Do you, do you still? Uh, I know you. You know the, the. You know the vasectomy is over and done with. But do you still see your sack bros? Yeah. Do you do the reunions? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> sack bro we, sack lunch. Yeah, we get together. On, <laughs> yeah, everyone packs their own lunch. You meet in a park. <laughs> we get together over on Catalina once to, once a year. We have a nice time. Oh, it's beautiful, That's nice. beautiful there. Beautiful there. Yeah, it's beautiful. I didn't even know there was a class involved. I, d- I thought it could be like a drive-through procedure. <laughs> uh, we all. We all bring our we all bring our own lunch. Uh, it's always frozen peas. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I am not sure I get that. Oh, that's boy. what you put on your nuts after you have the surgery. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Not a, not put a, a bag of frozen peas. Well, you know, or a bag of frozen peas. Okay. If you're, if frozen you're the, peas if works you're, really well. Sure. If you're the the guy who's there in the waiting room, you may not have remembered to get a cold pack ahead of time. Yeah. You're going to be working with the pack, the bag of frozen peas that is maybe the only thing in your freezer. Do you guys have bags of frozen peas on hand? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Sure, right. yeah. I mean, what are you all, fresh peas? 
<laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I only. When you freeze the pea, you take away its essence, Jesse. <laughs> you, every day, you're going to the farmer's market, going to the, the pea barrel. Right. And I just pick them a out big pea scoop. by pea. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. I touch all the peas. It's very gross. <laughs> the other key elements of the experience, Elliot... <laughs> Are uh, there's a doctor and a resident who are doing the surgery. The doctor is chatting with you the whole time to an almost absurd extent, uh, especially for somebody who, like, underneath a sheet uh, has a laser in your <laughs> so, testicles. Is that? Do you think that's part of it? Do you think that's part of the you know bedside manner that you'll you'll be more relaxed if the doctor is chatting, or do you think they are just starved for chatting? I think he was just excited. You know, he was an NPR listener, and I think he was excited to check out some tr- some genuine celebrity nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You know, I'm not a celebrity a lot of places, but to uh, to a nut doctor, they're they're very consistently NPR listeners. They they hear mm-hmm. me on KPCC. Uh, they were they were excited to be slicing slicing open my reproductive organs. Wow. Uh, the other things about it, it hurts way more than you think, Elliot. Oh, it hurts a lot. Okay. While they're doing it, and you smell your flesh burning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and at some point, you intuit that the resident has screwed something up because the doctor shuts up for a minute and really gets in there. <laughs> okay. So that happens every time. <laughs> That's that was just my experience. Uh, and then, uh, and, and then it takes a, a long time where you have to wear a jock strap all the time. Okay, interesting. You have to wear a jock strap for like ten days or something, two weeks. I don't remember. For a long time, for for a long time, you have to avoid a, a category that I, I, I that probably medical professionals call dangling traumas. <laughs> mm. Okay, so you got to keep everything tucked. You know, okay, that's fair. Uh, Is there a play? I mean, I know that you know some some you know jock straps have a you know have a kind of a pouch where you can insert a cup. Um, could you just stuff that pouch of fro- full of frozen peas? I'm not going to tell you that I didn't wear two jock straps at once. One with frozen, one with my nuts in it, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. a second over that that was holding the frozen peas. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not. I'm no. I'm no stone jug, as my stepmother would say. I got. I Why got would you ma- say that? <laughs> what would that mean? What, is that, what would that possibly mean? Well, stone jugs are bad at thinking, boys. Especially, <laughs> especially in in Ireland in the 1970s. I guess mm, that was one sure. of the dumber times for stone jugs. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Should we take another call? Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and I'm going to guess no guest because we're in the middle of COVID 19. Um, I was listening to this week's episode. I heard Jordan talk about the team at the pool and the Dave Matthews song, and I would like to share my experience with the team and Dave Matthews. Um, I live in Seattle, where uh, Dave Matthews currently lives, and um, a team that I know uh, was on a school trip with his uh, daughters. She did not know that her chaperone with Dave Matthews of Dave Matthews Band until uh, the end of the trip. And she looked at him and said, David, I didn't know you were in a band. Anyways, uh, that's a team who did not know Dave Matthews. I love you. Stay safe. Bye. Caller, first of all, I'm glad that you're getting in your Peloton time. Uh, thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for calling in during it. 
I'm, I'm glad you called us while you were fleeing from <laughs> yeah, I, something. I assumed a werewolf. Oh yeah, yeah. That was my that was my big assumption. Sure. When was the last full moon? The last full moon was uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, it's been a werewolf this whole time. Next week's action item: What do uh, what do Teen Wolves know about Dave Matthews? <laughs> Ironically, uh, they don't know what would you say, but they do know too much. Strange. <laughs> They're basically the same song, and one is more famous than the other, but they know the other, the second one. Huh, weird. Uh, uh, Elliot, for you, uh, for your uh, uh, for your knowledge, um, uh, I had a had a I've been having a weird experience at my public pool where they have been putting on <laughs> playlists that are um, clearly made by the teens that work there, and they are full of only teen music, so your Billie Eilish's mm-hmm. and things like that. But then inexplicably every I mean, day Billie there will Eilish's, be one— I don't, I don't know Billie Eilish's other songs, but Bad Guy is a genuinely fun song. Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, that's I, that's 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 as much of a blast as what you would do in your spouse after a second. Sure, it's yes. just a blast. <laughs> But uh, and so is it is your problem so you have a problem with this? Uh no, it's just it just blows my mind. I like I think the teen music is really cool. It's really fun to swim to even though I cannot identify at all. Uh-huh. Um and but I always it it, it And it, it just, makes you feel like an old man when someone says something about a song and you go, "Oh yeah, I heard that at the pool." <laughs> right, yeah. Uh but when the Dave Matthews song comes up, it's just like it 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 I make a face like I just found a hair in my food. Not because I don't like Dave Matthews. It's just because it is a surprise. Well, what song is it? Uh, it's all. It's a lot of different songs. Uh, I mean, which, which leads me to believe that there is a teen Dave Matthews fan that works there and is yeah, putting probably. different songs into these playlists that do not have any similar music in them. Uh, I mean, the, here's the thing. It much. I have to assume that it's the same way that people in their 20s inexplicably love Frasier. Uh, oh right, sure. A, a television this is show interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, keep I was going. in high school when it was on, and I watched it. It's a really well written show. But to me, it was the epitome of like a show for people my grandparents' age. Right. Where it's a lot of like, oh god, the the opera has closed down. What am I going to do? Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then telling Roz, his producer, that she was a crazy person because she was having sex even though she was not in a committed relationship, and. The and so maybe there's just this weird teen subculture where they're like, yeah, Dave Matthews Band. That's the piece of culture from before we were born that we're really interested in. Like, oh, my brother who's in college watches Frasier, but I listen to Dave Matthews Band. Right. Yeah, I kind of theorized that. This that you know, obviously we all kind of knew the kid who was like, Music Today ain't got shit on you know Led Zeppelin or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but but maybe there maybe there's something to that. I mean, I think you hear about you know oh you know twenty uh, uh, somethings love Friends, twenty somethings love Frasier, and it's because they're these kind of comforting shows. You know, there's a Higa quality to them. Am I, I saying don't know what that, that right? Means. What does that mean? I don't understand. Like that. Scandinavian, Coziness? you know, comfort. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean that's the kind of the way. To, you know what? Yes, I think that's the other way because that's how I feel when I watch Cheers. Uh-huh. Which is a show from right that started right before I was born, and when I watch it, it's like a little. It's like a cozy little reminder of an earlier time where people put on sports jackets to go to a bar at night for a drink 
Right. With their, with, and their and their wives got dressed up and put on makeup and took handbags with them. I mean, people. I mean, women to be fair, Elliot, they yeah. were getting a drink and then they were going upstairs to Melville's for dinner. Not always. Often they were. Yes, that's true. But uh, sometimes uh, they were just there because they heard that a famous baseball player owned a bar. And they wanted to see if it was true that he actually ran the bar himself. And back in those days, if a famous baseball player owned a bar, he would actually man the bar. Not like nowadays. When you go to uh, when you go to A-Rod's, and you're never going to see A-Rod there. I mean, right. there's that mannequin of him, that statue that you can take pictures with. And with the lighting, it kind of looks like, if you pose it right, like he's actually there with you. But like, you're never actually going to see A-Rod at the bar with you. There's a uh, Five Guys where you can get a burger from Jose Canseco. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, that's great. Sure. Still, I'm one of the guys. You, he'll tell you he's one of the guys. He's not one of the guys. He's not one of the... He's, yeah, no matter how much, how much shit Jose Canseco talks, he's not one of the five guys from no. Five Guys. Weirdly, Ozzy Canseco is. Oh, yeah. Ozzy Canseco. Oh, yeah. He's two of the five guys. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think maybe there is something to, you know, it is it is the music from a from a from a less chaotic time. Yeah, uh, mm, yeah, I guess so. A time when when all you had to worry about was hacky sacking and. When you're trying to explain this, to Elliot, <laughs> when Elliot was a teenager, he only listened to super cool. He only checked out super cool stuff. Uh, from the past, like Fritz Lang's Metropolis. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, well, Metropolis was great. I was more of an M head, uh, really to M. I mean, if you flipped through my uh, CD collection, you'd find such hits as uh, the soundtrack to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, you'd find uh, the best of Raymond Scott, uh, not his electronic music from later on, just his early screwy jazz. Uh, you know, so I was, I, was, <laughs> I was pretty hip to the, to the earlier stuff. Uh, and then uh, all the albums of Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet and Elastica's first album. And that was my entire collection. Oh, Elliot, don't tell me there's not a Goblin album in there somewhere. Oh, see, I didn't even know Goblin existed until later. If I'd known about them, they'd be there. But I didn't learn about okay. that until years later. Uh, I, I like to check in once in a while. Uh, you know, like, you know how you'll, like, Google your high school girlfriend once every six years? It's just like, I wonder what she's up to. You know what I mean? Or your middle school crush or, like, your... the uh, the coolest guy on your little league team or something. Uh, every, mm-hmm, every once, sure. a, every once in a while, I like to check in with, uh, this guy named Jimmy Aquino, uh, who on our college radio station had an all soundtrack music show called fistful of soundtracks. Cool. Uh, and, uh, he's every time I've checked in, it's been some years since I've checked in, but every time I've checked in, he has had some version of fistful of soundtracks. He has a 20 year legacy, of fistful of soundtracks. So just a, a tip of the cap to Jimmy Aquino, a nice guy who loved movie soundtracks enough to listen to them when he was not watching a movie. That is definitely something from our from our childhoods is the like the movie like soundtrack or CD of music inspired by that movie, which is kind of just a like catch all of, you know, what was what what the like music on the radio from that like corporate parent company was like the ones that were not not the music from the movie there might have right. been like a no, a credit song it. in yeah. there one or two original songs in there but mostly it was just whatever the company had made the movie that company's record company it was just whatever they had lying around it was like well we have this one time when uh, 
Bono did a version of the old gray mare. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but they just the, the idea that like someone showed the cardigans a rough cut of Baz Luhrmann's <laughs> Romeo plus Juliet and they were so inspired that they had they dashed right into the studio and wrote a song and said we we have to we have to associate with this with the movie somehow. <laughs> I look. I'm. This devastates me because I thought that's exactly what. It, much like Neil Young doing the soundtrack to Dead Man, uh, just by watching the movie and playing guitar along with the film. That's what I thought it was. I thought they would just usher these bands into a movie theater and be like, guys, maybe you don't come up with a song from this. Maybe it doesn't inspire you that way. But if it does, we want to put it out because we feel like this is the combination that is really going to make magic happen. And then just like let that movie stew. And then the lights will go up at the end of the movie, and they'll be like, hey, don't, you don't have a song now. If you do, uh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Sleep on it. And then tomorrow, you get in that studio, and you just jam it out, and we'll right. put it out. We hope you, I, I assume that was the fantasy We of hope it. you yeah. liked The Faculty, The Offspring. <laughs> <laughs> what was the – who was the band who had that song that was in one of the Batman movies, or it was associated with Prince. it? It was like the Kiss Me, that was Me. U, that was U2. So Prince wrote the all the was music from – Eight Batman eighty nine, uh, but think yes. this is Batman Forever was where that terrible U two song came from, <laughs> and and that was one of those that was one of those things where I was like the the music video had just scenes from Batman Forever, but I don't remember it being even was it in the credits in the movie? Maybe? Yeah, I think that that's I that can't. is a great example of the inspired by inspired by song that was like all over the place. Is yeah, I'm sure that was just a U two B side that was on a you know. Japan only release and we're like, oh, we can add some clips of the Val Kilmer Batman to this video. <laughs> I think <laughs> they're like, what properties do we have that we can mash together? I think there's a, like a a hierarchy of your 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 compilation movie soundtracks. At the top is maybe like a like a Wes Anderson, like a Rushmore soundtrack. One below that, like a Pulp Fiction soundtrack. That was a huge soundtrack of our childhoods. A Pulp. Fiction. Oh sure, oh, yeah, that was yeah. Enormous that Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Yeah, everyone was playing that Uga Chaka song all <laughs> over the place. Or was that in a? Was that Pulp Fiction? or Was that, that Reservoir Dogs? Been, that stupid. That might have been Reservoir song. Dogs. One. I remember there was one. There was one summer at summer camp when that song was playing constantly, and I was like, "Can we stop with the caveman music?" <laughs> like, we're gonna. We might accidentally summon Vandal Savage. <laughs> yeah, we don't no. need that. He's always up to something. He'll try to take over the uh, world. And then people yeah. were like, "We don't know who that is." And then you were like, "Yeah, it's an intentionally obscure reference." The joke is how obscure it is. And they were like, "Oh, we get it." Punch. I would say. <laughs> I would say. Below, they would say punch while they were punching you. Yeah, yeah. Below the <laughs> it was difficult. Below the relatively artfully constructed, uh, you know, needle drop soundtrack like a Pulp Fiction. Then you have like uh, whatever it was, Armageddon or whatever that had that hit Aerosmith song. Then, then you. Oh yeah, don't want to miss a thing. Sure, yeah. Then below that you have only inspired by. A, a movie that doesn't ha- really have any of its own hit songs in it, but they just throw in whatever uh, one of the guys from another bad creation, uh, who's now 27, uh, <laughs> tried recording with Teddy Riley or whatever. I had I had an album that was the I th- what I would argue is the lowest tier of this, and I bought it with my own money. I think I was probably 12 or 13. I went to Blockbuster Video and bought a Blockbuster Video branded cassette tape of the year's best movie songs so that I could have 
the I would walk 500 miles for you song. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, uh, what movie was it in? I don't remember. Maybe it was in Benny and June? I didn't okay. say Benny and June. Sounds, but that, I could see that happening. Sure. Yeah, it but, might be. It might be. So I married an axe murderer. It could very well be. And so I married an axe murderer, which I actually watched relatively recently. So I should. Oh, remember, yeah. No, but, we've, we've talked about how I married. How, uh, so I married an axe murderer recently on the show. Yeah. Very, I think that, very I mean, strange. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think it's a very strange movie that I think will probably age better than any other Mike Myers movies. Well, as someone who one. watched it recently, <laughs> I can tell you I disagree. <laughs> I think that speaks more to the to the level of his, his most of his movie output, but I also haven't seen it in years. Yeah, so. I've watched I Wayne's think, World. I, think, uh, I watched yeah, Wayne's, Wayne's World, World recently. It's Austin so really Powers funny. One. Oh yeah, Wayne's World. I think Austin Austin Powers. I'd be curious to watch and see if his his whole bit still comes off as kind of like charmingly cheeky, or if it seems gross now. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, and then of course there's the Love Guru, which is just a great movie. Yeah, well, I think we can all agree we're all we're all big Love Guru heads. I yeah, mean, we're all goo heads. I think I think speaking of my vasectomy, the movie that I watched while I was waiting for my vasectomy on my phone because I had to wait like twelve hours, uh, it, or no, my appendectomy, not my vasectomy, my appendectomy. Uh, uh, that, hey, you knew they were cutting something out of you. That documentary, <laughs> that documentary that he made about his manager. And what a fun guy oh, he was. Yeah. His manager, Shep. Okay. Uh, hey, guys, something momentous happened to me today. Oh, do you want to share it now? Yeah, I gave myself a haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. How did it go? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. What happened is my wife, my, my three-year-old needed to take a nap, and he was refusing to take a nap. So my wife loaded all the kids in the minivan and said... I'm going to drive around until Gaga falls asleep and uh, let, the, let the other kids use their iPads or whatever. And you can just enjoy this time off. And I don't know how to enjoy time off. I don't know how to enjoy things. <laughs> and so I spent about 15 minutes playing my baseball mogul. And then I realized I was, that was bad. And then I decided to give myself a haircut. And my very, very, very strong inclination was to go like full Mr. Clean. Like the level of desire, like the cabin fever that took hold of me that made me want to just lather up my whole head and go at it with a straight razor uh, was very powerful. And the fact that I left mm-hmm. it at an electric razor with a, with a, with a number one half guard on it uh, was an act of the truest forbearance on my part. What is preventing you from going full clean? Um, I, I think my wife would not want me to blast inside her mm-hmm. uh, thereafter. Sure. <laughs> I think right now know, by full by by full uh, Mr. Clean, you mean with a single earring, right? Yeah, single earring and, and wearing all white. And I would shine it up a little, you know, like a bowling ball. <laughs> sure. With the hilarious sound, you, you take a towel and just kind of like uh, rub it over some furniture <laughs> from one side polish. To the other. Yeah. Sure. You know, I, I think maybe Jesse, with your with your physique, we could probably call it full diesel, right? Yeah, full diesel. <laughs> People <laughs> probably compare you more to Vin Diesel than they would to Mr. Clean. I'm pretty young. Mr. Clean is kind of like the closest thing to Vin Diesel that we can get, though. I mean, he's or, or vice versa, Vin Diesel, because Mr. Clean is also in 
great shape, especially at his age. That's yeah. true. And Vin Diesel cleans up at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once before. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you remember this, Jordan, because I wonder if you had already gone home from college. But one year when I was an RA, and I had to stay around till my last resident had taken their last final. So I had taken all my finals and just had like four or five days on campus where I wasn't allowed to leave and go home uh, for the year, but also I had nothing to do. Uh, I got super bored, and 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 my friend uh, my friend Jilly B from Vallejo uh, proposed shaving my head in the quad, and I did it. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I went home afterwards. Uh, and my now wife was there. And uh, she was deeply opposed to it uh, and told me that I was never allowed to do it again. And that was the only thing, that 20-year-old memory was the only thing that uh, kept me from doing it today. That's a really beautiful story. Wow. Thank you. It's a, it's a tale. It's a tale about how love conquers all. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's one of the old. It's one of the oldest stories. Man versus nature. <laughs> Man versus bad decision. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, la, la. I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Second big news. Mm -hmm. The reviews are in. Mm Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. La, 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 la. Hey everyone, it's I, John Hodgman of the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. And I, Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse Podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a 12-episode special miniseries called I, Podius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome called I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart. And his son, non-sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Dan, you'll get there someday. iPodius is the name of the show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Elliot Kalin, also mad, used to be sane. Now I'm mad too. World gone mad. Everyone's mad. I was the last one. (laughs) I'm not proud of it, but it happened. So let's just, I'll admit it. We can move on. Elliot, that's a really beautiful story. (laughs) Tale as old as time, you know? (laughs) One of the oldest stories. Yeah, sure. Man versus machine. (laughs) How did the, well, I mean, it can't be one of the oldest if there's a machine involved. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they're like, guys, we have to add another kind of story now that <laughs> machines are common. <laughs> Unless it's like the oldest machine, they're like ramps, you know, a simple machine. Man right, versus yeah. ramp. <laughs> Man versus dumbwaiter. <laughs> this pulley will not defeat me. 
We have to add another story, fellas. My brother was killed by a cotton gin. <laughs> oh, boy. This is what the story, uh, uh, ancient Robert McKee's uh, story seminar? Uh, yes. That's what <laughs> in, this is. In the ancient Robert McKee's story seminar, his, his maxim, his famous maxim is, give me a lever large enough and I will save the cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His, his, his maxim oh. is, you should always be looking at Casablanca, the greatest movie ever written, which was written in a rush with new pages every night, and they didn't know what the ending was when they started shooting it. I'm Robert McKee for <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, take that, Robert McKee. Yeah, bam. He listens to this, right? I apologize. Yeah, he's the one who called in about the vasectomy. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, that was wow. him. He's very lively. Yeah. Didn't you hear at the end where he's like, Brian Cox played me in a movie? (laughs) You know what? I thought that's what he said, but I thought I misheard. (laughs) No, he did say that. That was him saying, Brian Cox played me in a movie. I thought he meant Cox in a different way because of the story. Do you think he started listening to the show after we had Susan Orlean, uh, who uh, Meryl Streep plays in that movie? In the same movie. On our show as a guest? Nah, man. He's a Chris Fairbanks head. (laughs) (laughs) In In that same movie, the amazing Susan Orlean Robert McKee adventure. Right. He's like, when I'm not thinking about story structure, I love to watch Fuel TV. <laughs> <laughs> Where stories are born. <laughs> I hope it never goes off the air. Uh, Elliot, what, what's, the last, what's the last movie you watched for the Flophouse? Uh, we actually just recorded an episode earlier today for the movie Book Club, uh, starring, it's an all-star cast, Diane Keaton, uh, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen and Mary Steenburgen as a big book club of four older women uh, who finally get around to reading Fifty Shades of Grey and have a romantic awakening Ooh. in each of their lives. And it is, does not live up to that premise. <laughs> uh, uh, here's a sne- As I say in the podcast, uh, this movie makes a promise that we will see Diane Keaton in a leather mask and it never fulfills that promise. Uh, the It's a very tame movie. But it's part of a theme month I was trying to get going called Mombuary, where we watch movies that I could see my mom watching. But uh, I think that this might be the only one we do in that vein. We'll see. <laughs> Wait, are there other candidates? Uh, Palms, also with Diane Keaton. Uh, I mean, any movie where a character, where women have inexplicably beautiful kitchens. <laughs> and and they're, they're usually either chefs or bakers. Uh, right. Stuff like that, you know. And they don't know how computers work. Well, I think that would explain why, ba- why their kitchens are so beautiful. I, I suppose. I guess so. That would explain it. It would be, in fact, it's very explicable now I think about it. But uh, I'm trying to think, like, a. Uh, Every now and then my mom will call me up and just tell me about a movie she saw because she sees all the movies that come out. And she'll be like, you should do this one for the podcast. And it's, it was terrible. And it's usually a movie I like a lot. And then she'll be like, but you should see this one. And that's the one that usually we end up doing for the podcast. So my mom and I are kind of like mirror images of each other that way. Uh, well, I, 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 I imagine if you're listening to this show, you also subscribe to The Flophouse. But if you don't, what the fuck are you doing? It's a great show. It's, 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 it's the most laughs per second in podcasting. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, you and Dan and Stu are three of the funniest guys around. And it's so nice to hear a, a, a three smart, funny guys describe Veronica so I don't have to see it. <laughs> Uh, we're glad we could provide that service. I wish somebody else could have done it for me, uh, so I didn't have to watch it. Uh, although I Glenn Danzig's say, directorial debut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, we had a recent episode about Veronica Glenn Danzig's directorial debut, in which a uh, the first of three. Uh, it's an anthology film of horror stories. Uh, 
And in fir- the first of the three stories involves a woman who has eyes instead of nipples, and uh, she is so sad that men are weirded out by this that she cries and her tear hits a spider, which transforms the spider into a giant horrible Spider-Man who attacks and kills women while she's sleeping. And the the fact that she has eyes instead of nipples is never explained. Now you say this is a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I know that description makes it sound awesome, but it's, yeah. it's actually not a well-made movie. Uh, no? the, thir- the third story in it is a kind of a take on the uh, Lady Bathory legend of a of an evil queen who bathes in virgin blood. And there's no story, just a woman bathing, bathing in virgin blood for about 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, the flop house is always always a treat. I, uh, I I I love it so, and uh, in 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 these times when uh, pleasures can seem scarce, it is so. It was it's such a thrill to see a uh, a new flop house episode uh, boop onto my phone. I just love it. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to say, Jordan. I'll say this: seven or eight years ago, uh, Jordan recommended the flop house to me. Uh, I take Jordan's recommendations very seriously. Uh, but I sort of rolled my eyes because I was like, Jordan, I know you like bad movie stuff, but I don't really like bad movie stuff. You know, I feel like it's a, you know, I don't know, like I, I'd rather watch a good movie and uh, I don't I don't feel bad goofing on bad movies and blah, 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 you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, maybe I'll check it out sometime. And like a year later, I, I checked it out and I was like, oh, this is so great. Uh, and now not only is it one of my favorite podcasts that I, I listen to every episode, uh, it is also, you know, three of uh, three of my favorite pals in the world. Uh, so thank you, Jordan, for recommending it to me. And thanks, Elliot, for making such a great show. Thanks so much for uh, for saying all those nice things and for having us as part of this network. We started doing that show years before we got a chance to join the Maximum Fun Network. And our, uh, our lives have all, I can say without joke, our lives have all gotten much better and uh, and doing the podcast has gotten more fun since we joined the Maximum Fun Network. And uh, I said this to you recently, Jesse, in a private email that I am always very kind of inspired and impressed by the way the network uh, does things in a very thoughtful way and has so many great shows on it. And like each of those shows, I feel like fits this, this network aesthetic and um, set of principles of like kind of uh, empathy and caring and uh, wanting to do nice things for other people. And I appreciate that the Flophouse is allowed to not follow those rules and be a part of the network, even though <laughs> we're just kind of three three idiots just make, talking nonsense about s- stupid crap. Yeah, it's not super classy like this show. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we'll have a lot more Jordan Jesse go for you in the coming weeks. Uh, we are going to sprinkle in a few episodes that we recorded uh, before the big news. So uh, if you hear an episode that sounds better than this episode. That's right. Before my pregnancy. <laughs> um, We've been trying to hide it all season, but at some point the costume department came to us and said, you have to write this in. <laughs> right. That's why I'm always holding a, that's why I'm always holding groceries when I'm doing the podcast. I could, I could hear the crim, the crinkle of paper grocery bags in front of your tummy. Right. Just got to hide that baby bump. I have a few particularly clean, clean sounding. That's right. I let somebody blast inside me. Clean sounding. Uh, no. <laughs> is that what it sounded like when the blasting took place or yes that is the sound my spouse and i both made whilst <laughs> the blasting was taking place 
show. We've got at least a couple episodes coming your way that uh, will neither be uh, affected by the poor recording quality of us all recording from our homes or from the cabin cabin fever that has uh, taken over our, our minds and hearts. Um, but uh, yeah, we're 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 grateful to everybody. Thanks to everybody who sent a, a nice message. We got a lot of nice messages uh, in, in the last few weeks, and it's uh, it's really nice. Uh, it, it's really nice to know uh, the role that our our show, our stupid stupid shows, play in your lives. It means a lot to me, uh, and probably to Jordan too, um, and uh, maybe to Sunny D. I don't know. He's probably spacing out right now. Uh, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez is our producer on the program. You can find us on Reddit and MaximumFun.Reddit.com on Twitter, uh, at Jordan underscore Morris, at Jesse Thorne, and at Elliot Kalin. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can hashtag your tweets, JJGo, uh, and we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.